You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markstone, I'm the host of the show. No matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thank you for making the show a part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. My voice is a little bit hoarse, uh, partially from being sick over the past week and still uh, suffering a bit, partially from spending last night, Sunday night, uh, well, I guess you're going to hear this on Tuesday. So Sunday night, um, October 28th at game five of the World Series between the visiting Boston Red Sox and the home Los Angeles Dodgers, where the Boston Red Sox took the series uh, by a, a final count of four games to one. And I had the opportunity to be there with my brother, who's a Red Sox fan, but more importantly, um, with my son and my dad, who were who are uh Dodger fans. My dad's been a Dodger fan his entire life. Um, he is, you know, he's my dad. We spent a lot of time at Dodger Stadium growing up, and baseball was a big part of our life. And to be able to share that moment with him uh, at this point in uh, his life and my life um, was was really something that I never thought was going to be able to, to to happen. I never thought that was even a, a possibility. Um, and the fact that we got to do it. Um, made it uh, already a special day, and and it didn't look like it was going to happen uh, for a number of reasons, and and all of that was kind of going on in my head as we were recording the podcast with Connor Dunford, uh, who writes for Prost America, uh, Prost America Soccer, ProstAmerica dot com, uh, and Connor also hosts the Playmakers FC podcast. But as he and I were talking on Saturday, kind of directly following the game, uh, the draw against Newcastle. Um, we hadn't heard the news, uh, obviously that is on everybody's mind at this point. Um, but I had a lot of things on my mind and obviously the game didn't help. Um, but as the time went on between the time that, uh, we recorded that podcast and the time, uh, that I'm sitting here recording the intro now on Monday evening, uh, 9 PM Western time or uh, Pacific time, I'm sorry. Um, it a lot has changed just in terms of, of uh, how lucky I, I feel that I am to be able to have shared that time with uh, my son and my dad and my brother um, because the reminders of the fact that life um, is short and can end unexpectedly and tragically um, and that just, I don't know, that's on my mind. And so, um, this is not obviously the, uh, normal kind of intro to the show, but, um, you know, it, when you, when you hear the, the conversation with Connor, um, you'll hear we're, we're kind of upset. Uh, I'm upset. I'm not having, I wasn't having a good day. Uh, wasn't happy with the performance. There were a lot of things going on, but, uh, and you try not to let that kind of creep into the recording. You try to be professional and all that stuff, but sometimes things just, don't go your way. And then the one thing that you want to go your way, the one thing that you kind of go to for, to, to escape, uh, kind of all that other stuff, uh, let you down too. And that was the case with the saints performance I felt, um, on, on Saturday. So I am not sure if that's a, a good introduction to the conversation we're going to have. Um, it's not that melancholy, uh, but Connor and I, um, we talk about the game. It's, it's difficult to come up with excuses for the club at this point. Um, it's difficult to come up with ways to 
talk about what's going on on the field because it seems like it's the same thing each and every week. Um, but we do our best and we talk about other stuff. Um, and I also learned what fancy dress means because um, apparently that's a thing. So uh, stick around for that. That's towards the end. But anyway, uh, Connor and I, uh, you can find Connor's writing, like I said, at prostamerica.com. The links to all of those things are in the show notes. And we actually reference a specific article uh, towards the end of the show. And um, that article or that piece is in the show notes as well. So be sure to check that out. Um, this is Connor Dunford. You can find him on Twitter at Connor Dunford one, check out his writing, check out playmakers. Uh, it's at underscore playmakers FC. Um, yeah, I think we're done here. Um, sorry for the long intro. Thanks for listening. Uh, I appreciate it. Talk to you later. I'd like to welcome back to the Southampton delivery podcast, Connor Dunford. You can find him on Twitter at Connor Dunford one. And in addition to being involved with uh, just being a fan and all that stuff, he also runs the Playmakers podcast, uh, which is at underscore Playmakers FC on Twitter. Uh, You can also find his writing over at Pro Soccer and the links to all of those things are in the show notes. And Connor, how's it going uh, now that you're back home after a, uh, I don't know, whatever that was today? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, I'm warm. I'm warm after sitting in the freezing cold. For 90 minutes, watching absolute tripe, to put it politely, if I'm honest. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, 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 just be honest, like we're, we're recording this just a few hours after, after it's concluded. And I, and I know the intention is always to be kind of like objective and, and positive and, and, you know, but it was hard. It, it's hard to, I don't even know, you know, right now, like I haven't had enough time. Um, I just wanted to go to sleep after the game was over and I couldn't because it was, you know, 9am and I had stuff to do, but you know, I guess we'll just, just kind of work through it, but, uh, I'm glad you're doing all right. I'm glad you're warm now. Uh, it looked freezing. I think I saw somebody post, it was like seven degrees just before kickoff. So, um, that seems cold. It's, uh, it's 80 degrees where I'm at and that's Fahrenheit of course. So we're switching cause I can't do the conversion in my head, but it's, uh, it's nice here. And I, I apologize to you for, for that. That's fine. It's only getting worse from here on out. We've got four months of this. This is Under Armour glove weather. Yeah. It is approaching. Yeah. Well, I noticed, you know, you could see some of the guys this week switch to uh, people are wearing pants during training and stuff like that. People, everybody's got a jacket on. So it, it doesn't look warm. Um, and I don't envy you. And I don't know how you live there. And uh, I don't even want to wear pants ever. So I don't know how you guys do it. But <laughs> um, I mean, for, for, those, uh, for those of us that are not familiar, uh, for those listeners who are not familiar, uh, what is, what is playmakers and kind of give, give us a little rundown of what goes on there and, and how the show looks and where they can find it and stuff like that. Um, so last year it was under the name post post football. Um, we did the website as well. Along with that, we decided to knock that on the head and come up with a new name because it was the first year and you learn a lot, you make a lot of mistakes and it just felt easy to start fresh going into, into it with, um, with the experience we had, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a weekly podcast at the moment, soon to be bi-weekly is the word, or two a week. Yeah. <laughs> be two a week. Um, can have a Premier League review, which we do every Sunday evening. Um, and then uh, a European slash EFL, whatever's going on midweek. Um, that would incorporate people from other podcasts, which I talk to, I, I've got a hold of. Um, we also do a bit of YouTube stuff. The reason it's got the FC at the end is because... It's a cheesy play on the the collective of a football club. I've got people that aren't involved with the podcast that um, provide video content and um, audio content, which we, we put on the on the various platforms and stuff. Um, some of you may have seen the Liverpool Huddersfield, the Liverpool Red Star Belgrade, sorry, preview and review done by Ben, a Southampton Uni student who now lives in Carlisle. Um, but yeah, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify. SoundCloud, YouTube, you name it. Well, I'll just pump it everywhere I can. Yeah, I, I, I can I can get in line with that. I know I know how that feels. Um, it seems like every every Tuesday morning, it's just like here we go. Just make sure make sure it's everywhere. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I've, I've I've been a listener for for a long time. Uh, I was there when you guys made the kind of changeover, and uh, I don't know. So anybody who's not kind of familiar with it, check it out, especially if it's a uh, I mean, it's a good look at a lot of different things. So I think it's, I think it's kind of important and it, it stays away from, you know, maybe you're not a mainstream, um, 
you know, maybe you don't like the guardian or to- the totally football show or whatever it is. So that's, you, you have that so, other perspective. So, um, and you also do a bit of writing and you're doing writing for pro soccer. Uh, I don't know if you're writing anywhere else, but I know you're writing there. And, uh, how is that going? And, and what, what's that experience been like just in, in recent weeks? Yeah, no, that's been, that's been really good. Obviously I've, I've had previous with, uh, Saints Marchin who were, who were very good to me for the time I was there. Um, then went off to do post to post. That was too much work for me because pretty lazy. Um, <laughs> And during that time, I met a man called Steve Clare just through through kind of reading each other's stuff. We worked together a little bit. And then when I, I knocked post post on the head, he, um, he approached me, asked if I wanted to be the, the South Coast correspondent for them. And they're a fairly, fairly big site. They've got a lot, a lot of writers. They get uh, media access to Premier League games, championship games, and a lot over on the U.S. side. They have photographers for nearly every MLS game. Um, but they're the very good, very varied. Um, another Saints fan, which some of you may know, Jacob Townswell. I've managed to get him on board as well. So he's starting, you'll start to see some of his stuff on there. Um, but yeah, they, the, the people involved tend not to support the big six, which is very beneficial because um, it's, it's more interesting content because everyone has the top six. Right. So it's a bit more varied. Obviously, there is top six content because it gets the views. And if you, like, I think it was Martin Samuel who said you can fill a website full of Manchester United content and you'll make money. That's just the, the nature of the beast. I mean, I do Saint Bournemouth, Brighton, going to start doing Reading and the, the the foes down the road. You can check it out. You can check it out on my Twitter timeline and prostamerica.com for, if you want to have a little ganders at that. Yeah. I, I can say that Steve's been great because he's, you know, I've worked with him a little bit. And, uh, you know, written a couple of things and I don't, not a particularly good writer, don't really enjoy writing. Um, every once in a while it's, it's actually, sometimes it's easier to write something than it is to, to work it out on the podcast because it doesn't quite fit the, the format of this show. But yeah, sometimes it's, 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 it's nice to be able to do that. And Steve's always been super helpful. So yeah. So I hope, I hope that continues to go well for you. Um, unfortunately though, uh, I don't know what happened today. I thought, you know, yeah, I know you guys applied to do the, uh, the press box and they said no. So Mm, I subscribed mean, apparently Tottenham Tottenham has has prost in there you know I know a bunch of the other clubs have them but you know I and I can't imagine I can't imagine you know we always talk about the lack of coverage for Southampton and I don't know if this is me just talking about things I don't understand and maybe maybe the Adams I guess would, would have a little bit more kind of insight in this but I can't imagine that it's that, it, that there's a ton of people beating down the door to, to, to sit in the press box there you know um, we'll watch Southampton Newcastle as well. I'm not being funny, but we're hardly the most attractive teams in the, in the league at the moment, are we? No, I mean, it wasn't on TV today uh, down there. So you're not going to get a, a, a ton of, of of press coverage. And granted, it is somebody has to say something because it's a potential you know, early relegation six point or whatever you want to call it. But like, I don't know. I, 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 I want to say that on the Total Saints podcast, Adam says all the time that there's not a, a ton of national coverage down there. And so you would think that they want somebody in there to, to, to provide the coverage. They would do it, but I don't know, whatever. So I it is know. what it is. Yeah, it, it is. But I hope they, I hope they change that policy. And I don't know if you going down to, uh, to Portsmouth will <laughs> help or hinder you getting in there, but we'll, we'll see. Depends uh, what I say. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> you just big up that, uh, that goal we had earlier or, you know, who was it? Has get the score that goal this week. Yeah. For uh, Burton Albion. Yeah. Just Done keep, it. just keep replaying that. Keep writing stuff on that. <laughs> over and over and over. Um, anyway. Um, but yeah, so I'm glad the writing, writing and stuff's going well. Uh, it's gotta be going better than the season we're having. So, um, I don't know. Let's just, let's just start with the lineup and, and, uh, I'll be honest. I didn't wake up super early this morning. I got up about five forty-five, So about 15 minutes before the lineup is released. And, uh, as soon as it came out, you, I, one thing jumps off the page to me and I'm sure it did this to you is, is the fact that there's no Hoiberg, not in the subs bench, not in the lineup had to be an injury or an illness turns out to be an illness. Um, but looking at the rest of that lineup, was in anything else a shock to you or would you like to see anything else different? Well, as, as people who read my Twitter timeline will know, I'm not the biggest fan of, of our number 10, Charlie Austin. Um, so I kind of disappointed to see him in there, especially because I think it was Adam Blackmore pointed out today that we haven't scored since the Ings long partnership was broken up. And I mean, we're not blessed with fantastic striking options, but for me, 
personally, and this is my personal view, I understand others will, will disagree. Long and Ings are, are my, my preferred preferred pairing. And yeah, like you said, Hoiberg missed out, which um again, this last week I was critical of Lamina after the uh, after the Bournemouth game. So I was hoping to see him be the one miss out for Romeo because I just think Romeo makes us a more solid team. But so be it. Hoiberg misses out, but Lamina didn't didn't disappoint today, if I'm perfectly honest. No, I mean he I think more pressure is heaped on his shoulders to to be somewhat creative and drive us forward because that's what Hoiberg does and Romeo def- definitely doesn't bring that to the team, you know. Um but I definitely think that we were missing Hoiberg's uh I don't know, just the way that he's able to bring the ball forward and and find those passes and we just didn't seem to have it uh quite quite enough today, but I think that uh you know, I I put out that piece on Wesley Hoot earlier this week uh or that graphic, you know, just because I feel like we we pick on players so much and so often and it's I want to be sure that I'm not I'm giving them a fair shot when I'm when I am criticizing them you know and I haven't figured out what's going on up front I haven't I it's obviously not working Um, the movement doesn't seem to be there it doesn't seem like they're linking up very well and I'm talking specifically Ings and Austin and if one of those guys is going to make way it has to be Austin Um, Mm. to me there's no there's no way you could you could argue that that Ings is the guy that that has to make way, or that or that Austin is is I think earning a spot there, um, but we'll we'll kind of see how that how that goes off. And then of course when Gabinini came in, I'm not sure he impressed all that much either. He had a couple of wayward shots, but we'll we'll get there. Um, I don't know. We talked last week that maybe a formation change, maybe a four two three one, so you can get Armstrong in there because the other striking options just aren't kind of getting it done. Maybe that's the way you go with it, and so you can have. Redmond and Elianusi and you can have Armstrong and maybe that gives you a little bit more, but I, I don't know. I don't know. We're, I'm not a manager, so we'll, uh, we'll just move on from there. But um, we're all managers. All us fans are managers from the sidelines. Yeah. If you read it's Twitter, it's what we like to think. Yeah. 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 And, and I think that's fair. I think that's fine. Like everybody gets an opinion. Um, I, I say that and then I read some people's opinion. And I'm just like, wow, that's, that's amazing. You know, uh, I saw somebody out there with like, had us playing like a, like a, like a, a four, four, two, but like a diamond and like, just like, there was no width there. There was nothing. It was like, no, no, you're not doing that. You know, like I, <laughs> that, that's not going to work. But then again, everybody gets a, had a hundred percent chemistry. He built it on, uh, he built it on, on FIFA. So he had a hundred percent chemistry. So I guess that's what you want. Um, I bet he didn't have Mark Hughes as a manager in the top left corner though, did he? No, 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 <laughs> no. You got uh, anybody, I get a bronze guy up there. Doesn't matter, um, but I mean, I mean, aside from that, like, the, I think just about anybody we put out there should be able to beat this Newcastle team. You know, like this needed to be three points, not because it's because we haven't gotten a, a win at home in so long or, or anything else. It's just this is Newcastle and they are struggling, and we needed we needed to pick up pick these points up, and we didn't, and that is. It, it, I don't know. I don't know what it, it. I don't want to say depressing, but it is a little bit. You know, it is. I mean, I think I'm doing giving Newcastle praise when I say they're rubbish because they're they're worse than that. I mean, they they were awful today. They offered absolutely nothing, and especially the first half, um, we were absolutely dominant, and they just completely dominant. They had um, Yoshinori Muto up front. It was causing a few problems. Yedlin. It's just absolutely rapid, but can't control the ball to save his life. So that was um, typical that American. Was, Great athlete, <laughs> can't, can't doesn't have the technical skills, maybe. So that kind of was a saving grace for us. But other than that, we should have been clear by halftime. Clear, like miles clear as well. Um, I mean, it's just and John Joe Shelby. I've got a Newcastle friend, a Newcastle friend, a friend who's a Newcastle fan. And I said to him, I was very disappointed because he's meant to be this um, this architect of football. All he did was lump it over the top. And I mean, um, and to be fair, you've mentioned who earlier, and I also was on the hoop defensive this week. Um, just giving him a bit of praise he deserves. And again today, I think he didn't do much wrong. He, he goes through his little emotional phases where he makes rash challenges, trying mm-hmm. desperately to to impress. But that's what happens when you get abused 24 seven online, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, other weird 
Putin news. I'm pretty sure his mom liked the post, which is awkward. <laughs> um, it's a mom or an aunt or somebody, you know, it's, he follows her. She's private. She's got like 24 other followers. Like, I don't know what's going on, but like, I was just like, what is this? You know, this is a, a weird, a weird notification to, to, to get, but good. <laughs> Thank you to whoever she's definitely not listening to this, but, but there, I thought there were a couple of times where today where he tried to recover and he just, sometimes I think he just looks clumsy, you know, cause he's so lanky and stuff like that. But, um, I think when he made mistakes today, he recovered. Uh, I think there was one chance where he kind of let the ball get away from him or let somebody buy him, but the cross came to nothing. So, you know, we get away with it, but who knows? Um, you know, I think he did well enough today, uh, outside of that. And I'm totally happy to let him and Stevens continue to to work together if they're going to be able to to do that. Cause they seem to ha- actually have a partnership and have an understanding. Whereas before it was just two guys playing center back together, you know? Mm, yeah. This is the, uh, I think that was my big issue with the Vestergaard hoop partnership is that they're both very similar in terms of the way they defend. They both want to win that first ball and they want to win it hard. Whereas I think Stevens is a bit more cautious. He's a bit more, I'll let Hoot win the first one and I'll mop up. Yeah. And that comes, that's just Sunday league that is. And, and it, and it works. It's just, it's complimenting each other and letting one person do one job while you do the other rather than two brute force center backs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I don't know, man, like let's work through the game. We got kind of a lot of questions and we have, I, I put together some stuff on the first 10 games for Hughes and Pellegrino, which I'm sure uh, 5 million people will do between now and the time this comes out, but we'll talk about it anyway, because I'm proud of it. Um, <laughs> but I mean, to start the game, obviously everybody, you know, there's a lot of pressure on the team. Just we, we've talked about it before, just the, the lack of wins at home over recent weeks or months, or I guess it's a year now. Um, the lack of goals and the, and the coming into this in four games with nothing. Uh, the fact that we're playing another team that's near the bottom of the table or at the bottom of the table to start They're I don't think they are right now because they got that point against us, which I will we'll talk about. But um, I mean, early on, I mean, we just had a ton of possession. Like it was, it was clear we were going to come out and just kind of dominate early. Um, and from what I saw, were, were they, were saints coming towards you in the first half or going away from you in the first half? First off, they were away from me. Yeah, they were going towards the away fans in the first half. So um, it, the position I was sat, it's like quite low down. And it's really hard to get uh, a sense of like depth in perception. I, I, I can't quite work out what's going on. <laughs> if you know what I mean? I see people running through and I'm like, you could have got that. But in reality, there was no space at all. So yeah. it's quite difficult to watch a game from that kind of angle. And uh, from when your team's playing away from you, especially. Yeah, well, that's when it would have been nice to be in the press box. I'm just going to keep saying it, that. It would have, yeah. A nice bird's eye view would have been fantastic. But yeah, and I see that, I mean, there was the chance for, is it Lamina hit the post? Yeah, he and hit the post through a nice passage. But I mean, even before that, right away, um, it looked like Bertrand kind of mishit a shot after a ball that came out. And, and if Elianusi just squares it, if he just squares it, he's... He, because Bertrand kind of miss hits it so badly, it just kind of falls to Elianusi who has a tight angle with the goalkeeper or he can square it to, I think it's Ings who is onside and standing in front of an open goal. And I just think that's the, the moment of composure that we were lacking. You know, nobody scored for so long. So everybody's trying to do it and everybody's trying to make it, you know, not necessarily about them, but they're just trying to make sure it happens. And we're just not playing, you know, this is, this is the easy cross that all you have to do is roll it across a six yard box and it's a goal. And then, and then who knows, then Newcastle have to come out a little bit and it leaves them open and exposed. And then we can kind of like, you know, go play football a little bit, but it was right away. Like that changes the game for me. And, and I didn't want to, it's too early. I think one in the morning and two uh, in the match for me to kind of like sink into my chair and go like, come on guys, like, what are you doing? But like, really that, that, that's a moment where we, we have to do better. I think. Yeah. I think like you said, everyone wants to score and not main, not for personal glory, but for, cause everyone's aware of the issue. Um, and it's just clouded judgment because you see an opportunity and you think, Oh, I'll take it rather than, is there a better one? It's like, Oh no, this doesn't have, this is the chance. Whereas like you say, all you have to do is easy little ball to the left and, and it's a, it, 
you'd like to think it would be a goal, but the way it's going, it's, it's not guaranteed. Um, even if it is an open goal. And but I yeah, I mean, sorry, Karen. I was going to say, like, and maybe this is one of those things where, you know, I I think of of Liverpool's front three, and they've they've gotten criticism in recent weeks for not maybe scoring, and I know that they they did a ton of that today, and they did plenty of that midweek. But prior to that, they were there was some criticism for them not kind of getting on the score sheet and not doing enough. But if you watch them play, they are always aware of where the other two are. They're aware of of you know of their surroundings, and they always look like they're switched on. And it looks like you know as Bertrand takes a shot, like we're just not everybody's not aware of, of all of the possible things that could happen and what I'm going to do if I get the ball, you know, it's like, once it fell to Elliot Nussi, it's like now, Oh, I haven't scored in a while or I haven't scored at all for saints actually, uh, during the season, I'm going to shoot. And it's like, you know, had he, had he been aware of where Ings was and all this stuff like this, this, this is different. And, and we just don't look like we have that kind of cohesion yet. And I don't know if it's, if it's confidence, I don't know what it is, but it, it, it is, it's frustrating at times. And I don't know, I don't know how to fix it. I don't. And, and of course I'm sitting here, where I am, I, I don't think I, I, I don't think I can, I should worry about that. I just hope that we do fix it so we can, you know, win some damn games. I think we just, I know Mark Hughes came out in the week and said, we just need a bit of luck. That's a very kind of a, a cop out thing to say, but to a degree, I think he's right. We just need one of our players to just get that lucky goal. It bounce off a knee, bounce off a chin, bounce off his ass. Who cares? Just a goal to relax everyone. And, because I think if we if we were one nil up when that opportunity came to El Yunusi, he wouldn't have tried to kind of daintily chip it over the keeper. He would have levered that in. Yeah. But it's just yeah, it's that fifty fifty. Don't know what to do, and it's just it's really playing on everyone's mind. I think going along with that, I guess there there's not there were there weren't a ton of other things that that happened. We, at one point, we kind of worked the ball nicely. The defense looked comfortable pretty much for most of the first half. There was one time where we kind of switched it over and, and got it over to Redmond, uh, who was in space, and he could have either played uh, Ings in again, or he could have taken the shot. He chose to take the shot. Uh, it was it was high. It was always going to be high the way he hit it, but um, you know, it, it led to I guess it led to us creating some chances and actually like playing some nice passages of, of football and having moments where we looked pretty good. Um, but then we did some things like I thought Remeyu today gave the ball away. Uh, far too often, I thought the 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 foul he committed on uh, Perez uh, or Iozzi, uh a couple like nine or ten minutes in was just kind of clumsy and not necessary. Um, and I don't know, like through that, like other than that, I don't remember a whole lot happening during the first thirty minutes. I know I, I tweeted uh, a picture of uh, I don't know on our coverage here. We get the across the bottom of the screen that has kind of all of the major events of the half on there. And 30 minutes in, literally the only thing it had on there was start of the half. Like that was it. Um, and so I, I just like that these are the highlights. And, and this, is, this is exactly how the game's going. We had a couple shots, but nothing, nothing crazy, nothing to write home about. I think the, you know, the, the late on that the, the chance for Lamina came towards the end of the half um, where he hits the post. And, and, and like you said, if there is some luck. If that goes in, if that goes in, that's, you know, that's maybe what we need. But it's just not happening for us right now. No, I think with the Romeo thing, it's probably a bit of ring rust because he's not been getting a lot of minutes at all. But as we as we go through the game, I think, and as the game went on, he he grew into it more. It was it was the Romeo we all know. He's, he's not spectacular, but he just does things that help everyone else. Like he's a, he's an absolute ox on the ball. He was surrounded by. He, it was his own mistake to be surrounded by three players on the edge of the on the edge of the pitch, but he was clever enough to keep hold of it long enough to wait for players to come back before kicking it out for a throw-in. It's just little things like that. I think he's he's a lot more of an intelligent player defensively than Lamina is, and that's probably why I prefer him. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that you know, I, I, I my normal argument would be that Lamina gives us a better chance to score, but. That hasn't happened, so uh, my my argument is gone. Um, I want to say that we we had a lot of joy today, kind of when we were able to get that big switch over to one of the wingers, and I think most of the time it was it was Elianusi, um who found himself kind of open, and, and at one point he cut in, you know, kind of what you would want to see. Uh, he cut in, he got it on his right foot, uh, tried to curl it around, it was well wide, and that was it. And I think 
other than that, like the best chance of the half came right at the end. Uh, once again, it's going away from you. Um, but it was Stevens who who got to a header and headed the ball down. It was a good header and Dubrovka just made a good save. And that was kind of the best chance that we had, I think, of, of, of the entire half. Yeah, I think Aaron Nussi, it's probably the best he's looked for us so far today. I think he was, he was a lot more of a threat because before he's been more industrious. He hasn't had the much of the ball going forward. He's been probably more effective tracking back, which is not, not what we bought him for. Um, but yeah, he was the first half. He was, everything was down this side, really. I mean, Cedric and Redmond just couldn't work together for some strange reason. Um, yeah, and I think that's been the, the one of those things is is all of a sudden, you know, Eli Nussi plays on the left for Norway. I think his normal position is on the left. And I think now uh, or today, for the most part, he was on the left um, with Bertrand instead of uh, being kind of on the right or maybe switching time between between the two. So maybe that is something. And I don't, I don't want to like get on Cedric's back, but, you know, there has to be something there that, that it did look like him and Redmond. Uh, struggled a little bit to to get on the same page, and um, and I don't know, I don't I don't know exactly the role that those the two wingers have kind of been given, um, because we're playing a four four two where we are, you know, they are they are required to come back and play defensively as well, and I I think both Redmond and, and Eli News would, would prefer to be further forward if I'm completely honest. Yeah, I mean, it's it's odd because you've you've got. I don't. I don't actually know how quick Elie Nussi is. I've never seen him in full sprint. He didn't look quick today. So you'd like to think you'd leave those kind of players further forward to counter someone on the break, especially like Newcastle, where they're a team you're going to have to invite on because Benitez is is not going to tell them to go out and win the game. Is he? He's going to say, "Do not lose this game." And with the the, uh, the side they play, I mean, I think it's an issue that both of them are probably better on the left than they are on the right. Because Bertrand and Redmond probably do have that understanding a bit more than Cedric and Redmond do, and it's just a case of can Elianusi be effective on the right? You probably say no from what we've seen so far, um, and that's just one of the many conundrums Mark Hughes has got to deal with, isn't it? He's did that all over the pitch. You've got pairings and partnerships that you're just not you're not sure on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we go into halftime. Nil nil. Uh, it actually shouldn't be a surprise to us because I think we've scored one first half goal all season, you know, and then we don't score at home or win at home, so it doesn't matter. And then so you, you get into the uh, to the second half, and there was a counter attacking opportunity. Uh, Redmond kind of puts it in the area. Uh, Austin goes up to knot it down, and it just doesn't work. Doesn't fall for for anybody. Uh, Ellie Nussi was there, but he couldn't do any of that. Um, and I just thought there were a couple of instances in the second half where we weren't moving off the ball and, and trying to open up space. And Lamina was kind of forced to dribble it around there for a little while. Um, eventually gets, gets the ball taken from him and commits a foul. And he's kind of, he gets up and he looks around and he's just like, you know, like somebody has to do something. Somebody has to move. Somebody has to try to get open. Uh, give me a passing lane. And, and it just, that kind of stuff, you know, it shouldn't happen. We, we should be, all the players should be hungry, not to shoot, but to make, to get into positions where they can actually get the ball and create something for somebody else rather than, you know, kind of just standing around waiting for somebody to do something spectacular. Yeah, and I, th- I mean, this is one of my issues with Lamina. Sometimes I think when when you're in a position like that, you've just got to play absolutely as basic as possible rather than try and hold the ball, try and dribble it around three or four, lump it to the corner flag and look at Ings, Austin, Redmond and Elinusi and just say, look, chase it. If you're not going to give me anything, I'm because... He loses the ball, he gives away a foul. And I remember that particular incident because he walked away from the ball, moaning, flicking his arms. They'd taken the quick free kick and he was still walking off moaning. And I'm like, look, focus. Get your head in the game because if we lapse in concentration, we lose 1-0. That's it. Game over. Uh-huh. Um, I know. So as much as it's up to other people to give him the option, I think sometimes he has to force the issue as well and... and play it basic. It's, it's not good to watch and the fans will groan when he lumps it into the corner. I will groan when he lumps it into the corner, but I'll also groan when he gives away a needless free kick Yeah, just inside their half. So, you know, it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? But you've got more of a chance of producing something, winning a throw a corner if you put them under pressure further up the pitch than conceding the ball. Um, 
I mean, there were a couple of other shots. I think Elianusi had one where he kind of snatched out a little bit. I mean, I guess he did a good job today of kind of getting into spaces and being able to shoot because I have several notes in here where he's had shots. It just didn't look crisp when he when he had mm-hmm. it, I guess. I think Stevens had another header. Uh, Gabby Dini nearly put a shot out for a, cor- uh, for, for a throw, uh, which I thought was fantastic. This is not what I want to see when I've been arguing for him to be in the team. Um, <laughs> but I mean, at any point, did you really feel like Newcastle were going to score or they were going to come and take three points from us? Or, or was it mostly just, were we going to be able to, to, to take all three and not, and not draw? No, when they brought Rondon on, that's when I went, this is going to be one nil to Newcastle. Yeah, we've seen because, this <laughs> yeah, I was like, this, I've read this book. Um, yeah, it, it, that's, that's when I was worried because we know that Steven struggles with players of that kind of ilk, the big, strong brutes. Um, and he did pose a threat when he came on. And he, he, he had what looked like an opportunity from where I was sat. I haven't watched it over again towards the end of the half. But yeah, I mean, that's probably the only time they ever looked a threat. We, we definitely had the better of the second half. Like you say, Owen Newsy had a couple. There was one time uh, Danny Ings did fantastically well to dribble through three or four defenders into the box and then got tackled by Austin, which was incredibly frustrating. And then, yeah, Redmond's had an opportunity. But I don't think we were ever under any real threat of losing the game. There have yeah. been one or two opportunities for Newcastle, but I was never sat there particularly on the edge of my seat worried. It's just you see Rondon and you go, bloody hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's coming back, I think, from injury. So I'm not sure he's he's fully fit yet, which is good news for us. But I mean, looking at the subs, you go kind of like for like with Gabby Dini coming on for Austin, um, mm-hmm. and then with 12 minutes left, uh, you take Moy off for Long and you stick Long out wide, um, and then you, you take Romeo off and and put in James Rapaz. And I was kind of wondering what was happening because Lamina was down grabbing the same knee that he was grabbing last week. Um, as we're pulling Romeo off and I'm like, are you sure, you know, are you sure this is what you want to do? But turns out Lamina was fine. Um, who knew he would, might've been down, not actually injured. Um, and then, I mean, but looking at those subs, is there some intent there to go get three points or is it, is it not enough? They're questionable. I think the order of them, because everyone knows Shane Long can't play out wide. Absolutely. Everyone knows that we've seen it for what, two years now. He was being pushed out wide under Pilwin and under Pellegrino. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't feel... I, I, and Gaviadini, I know you said you've been pushing him to be in the team. But for me, there's just something about him. And he proved it today. He's, he's desperate, absolutely desperate to score. And he's not making the right decisions at all. The amount of shots he had when he could have played... There was one he could have played Redmond in and one he would have to do was square it to Ings. And Ings probably would have scored because mm-hmm. the angle was a bit better for him. But you look at the bench and what other options has he got, really? Because Gunn's a keeper. Vestergaard, why there's no need for that. Yoshida warmed up to come on for Bertrand in the first half, but never ended up coming on. Bertrand must have recovered from that. Uh-huh. Warprouse, I think he brought on just because he's solid, isn't he? And he, he'll, he put the free kicks and corners in. Armstrong, we're yet to see what he can really do. It's probably a, I say it's a risk putting him on in a game like this, but it's the best game to make a risk like this because you can't do that against the City or Liverpool or Chelsea. Um, and yeah, and then you're left with Long and Gabbiadini. So his, his options aren't exactly massive. I think the substitutes kind of write themselves. The only yeah. thing I would question is, is, yeah, Long out wide. But then that means you would have to put Armstrong out wide, I guess. Yeah. Or keep Oyanusi on. So. I don't know. We can nitpick his substitutions and his decisions all we want, but we don't see them at training. We don't understand where they feel comfortable playing, where they want to play, because you know Shane Long will play anywhere. Yeah, and that's, you, the, beauty, if, that's the beauty of him, right? Is He's going to play anywhere. He's going to run hard. Like That's that's what he's going to do. And he's, Yeah, if you said to him, I want you to play left back for 45 minutes, he'd go, sure, boss. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. And as somebody who was also crap at a lot of sports, but willing to do a lot of stuff, I got a lot of playing time out of that. You get a lot of mileage out of that. Um, That's it. And, and God bless him because he's made a career out of it. And, you know, and he's honestly, if we went out there and tried to defend him, he'd torch every single one of us. So he's just maybe not uh, torching, uh, you know, Premier League quality 
uh, opposition, which is, you know, it's, it's something different than you and I providing him some Sunday league uh, and just running bias constantly. Um, I don't even, don't even play Sunday league anymore. So he's got absolutely everything on me. <laughs> I'm not fit enough for that. So, <laughs> uh, um, I mean, so, so looking back at it, I think overall we, this is a game we, we needed three points from. You look at the fixtures going forward, you look at what it does to us. Uh, it actually gets Newcastle off the bottom of the table. Um, this is not great. You know, this is, this is not going in, in a positive direction uh, for as much as we can talk about performances and we can talk about, um, you know, needing luck and things like this. Like at some point you have to do it and we we're not. And it's, it, it's bound, is it bound to catch up with us? Am I, am I just being overly harsh today or, or, or what? No, no, absolutely. This was this was a game we, we had to win because uh, this one of those teams we're battling down there with that bottom five at the moment. We're all in deep, deep trouble. We are the we probably are the five that are going to be battling for for those two safety spots over the course of the season. And you've got to beat the other teams involved in it at home because when we go up to Newcastle later in the season, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be harder than it was today. And if we play like this, then it, it's not going to be any better. It, we might get a draw again, but we're probably not going to win if we play like this up at Newcastle. No, I mean, last um, time we went to Newcastle, it was 3-0 to them, and Pellegrino got fired. Um, that was that was last time we went there, so I can't imagine it's going to be easy. And, I mean, you look at kind of what Rafa Benitez is able to do with all of the negativity surrounding that club. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a miracle that he can even get people out there uh, to play. But um, I asked people for some, some five, or sorry, some four-word, uh, match summaries and uh, mine was just no goals in five it's five games no goals that that is not good enough um, and just going down the line we have strikers need to score Hughes out coach in which I think is, is pretty funny uh, Mark Hughes goes now asset stripped sold soul unlaid in a whorehouse which I don't know if I have to censor that or not but I'm not going to um, can't buy a goal What's the point anymore? Can't score, can't win, just not good enough. Do we have strikers? Question mark. Austin out till March. I don't even know where that's coming from. Um, was Tadich key? Can it get worse? This is the same guy. Should have slept in. <laughs> Goals are still overrated. <laughs> Disturbing lack of creativity. AJ, I know you listen every week, but like, man, I asked for four words and you gave me like seven of them and they're great. Um, somebody says Ashley out, Hughes out. Had them on the ropes, which I guess is a positive outlook on it. Uh, one with the F word in it, I can't read. Um, if we can only score, sack Mark Hughes, sorry, and please make it stop. So I wouldn't say that there are very many like, kind of positive outlooks there, uh, which I think I understand because I think people are, have the right to be frustrated. Yeah, definitely. There really isn't much positivity there, is there? It's hard to find any positive things here. And it's also, but then at the same time, it's very easy to be overly negative. This isn't the worst situation we've ever been in. This isn't the worst. We're not the worst situation in the league. Um, so, but you will always exacerbate your feelings when it's in a negative manner. So, you know, take all of those with a pinch of salt personally. It is easy to be overly negative, and but I understand it, you know, based on what people have been dealing with, you know, and what we've been seeing and, and, and the people that show up and go every single week, yourself included it has to be hard to to sit through that and watch that and realize there's just that because you don't see a way out. If you don't see a way out, it's easy to start, you know, taking people down with you, I guess. And I think that's where we're at. We could look forward to the Leicester city match, but I'll be honest. Um, this is going to come out just kind of right on the cusp of that. So I don't know if there's much point. Um, but I guess before we answer any questions, do you see us going through to the next round of the cup or do you think this is where it stops? And granted, we, had to go to Everton last week. We had to go to Goodison Park and where we hadn't won in forever. And uh, we managed to get through. Do you think we go through now or do you think this is, uh, you know, this is, this is where it ends? No, this is where it ends for me because um, we're going to rotate. We're going to try and, I think he's going to try and bleed in the likes of Armstrong, give the, those who, who haven't had the opportunity an opportunity. I think like Angus Gunn, um, I reckon Vestergaard and Yoshida will play. Target will come back in. We'll play a weakened team and Leicester won't because we know Puel values the cup from yeah. personal experience. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, Vardy's going to need more minutes because he only played 45 today. Um, 
although whether they'll bring Pereira back in because he missed out and our Martin broke his ankle today. So, you know, I, I think this is the end of it for us. I mean, you can see our back line being Target, Yoshida, Vestergaard, and Bednarak even, you know? Uh, yeah, possibly. And possibly have, Stevens at right back. Yeah. Well, I mean, the only thing, the reason I say Bednarak is because Stevens, you know, played the last two games and, you know, you know, or does he go back three again? Like, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. Um, and I don't know no. what he's going to do next week at city either. That could be, that could be a disaster of a selection, you know? Um, yeah. God, I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't look great, but hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully we just play decent. I don't know. I, I would like to see us go through, um, but we've had cup runs the last two seasons and, and it hasn't, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to carry over, you know? Um, and even, you know, the, the, the prices they're charging for Wembley now to, to go and watch, it doesn't always seem like the fans enjoy it as much as they, they, they should be able to because of some of the, the limitations that are put on them by, by things that are outside their control. So I don't know. I, I hope that for everybody who travels to Leicester midweek, um, that, that the game is, is good and that the team perform and all of that stuff. But I, I, I'm not sure that this is going to go much past that either. No, I mean, I'd like to see them play the same teams today if I'm honest. I reckon just, well, not the same teams today because I don't want Austin in it. But um, I'd like them to start the same team with Long over Austin. Just you've got to give them an opportunity to rectify it and get a bit of form. But he won't. All right, well, we do have some questions. Um, some of them I think we can answer. Some of them I'm not sure uh, we can. Um, Tim Marshall. Give it a go. Tim Marshall, who is on Twitter, at Tim J. Marshall. Uh, he's been on the show before and I have to say he was super kind when I was in London. Um, we went out to dinner with him and his girlfriend, my whole family. Uh, and it was wonderful. And thank you, Tim. You, uh, the only thing was on the way walking there. Uh, we did run into a homeless man being arrested, uh, and it scared the crap out of all of us. And it was, uh, cause they were like bringing him down a stair, down some stairs and then out of a door that was directly at the bottom of the stairs. And it just got, I don't know. Oh, things happen so quickly and I was not quite <laughs> ready for that. Um, Welcome okay. to London. Yeah. Hello. In the financial district, I think too, it was, uh, or the, you know, the big tall buildings, no, no cell reception was great. Um, but anyway, he says the eternal question is, is it the manager or the players or both? I listened to the Solent phone in and everyone seems to think there's a magic formula that will solve the thing that will solve things. It's basically start long and Gabbiadini with things or one or the other with things start Armstrong, et cetera, but he doesn't think there is. I mean, I, I think we've kind of talked about that already, but like it, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what to, to do at this point. If you, you pointed out that we hadn't scored since the long Ings partnership broke up, but I think there's, is there, I mean, there has to be something deeper than just it's, we're not starting the right people, right? Yeah. This is, it is the eternal question. I am not particularly fond of Mark Hughes. I, I wasn't when he first joined. I don't think, he deserved the job in the first place, even on a temporary basis, let alone a permanent contract and kept us up. But at the same time, we brought him in because he was going to make us play more attractive football, which it might not be more attractive. It definitely, sorry, it definitely is more attractive than the Pellegrino. Even if it's by an absolute smudge, it is more attractive. We create, we create, everyone knows a scout. We created the third most chances in the Premier League behind City and Chelsea, but only we got the second worst conversion. Um, that was at, at before previous rounds of games probably changed now. Cardiff have scored a few. Um, so we're definitely creating the chances and that kind of lends itself towards the blame being on, on, the, on the forwards and the, the players not finishing the chances. Mark Hughes isn't the one kicking the ball in the back of the net. He's given them a plan to go out and create the opportunities for them to put the ball in the back of the net. So he's almost doing his job to that extent. But you do feel, could someone else motivate the players in a different way? There's so much psychology and science that goes into football now. Us mere mortals will never fully comprehend it. We can only look at what we see and what we feel and what we read. But yeah, you can't answer it. But I think from my point of view, it's, it, it is both. It's both. But the goals is the player's fault because like I said, Hughes hasn't got his boots on anymore. If we look at uh, the number of shots we have, we've had, we, 
if this looks like it's updated as of today, it's 113 shots um, from open play. And our expected goals just from open play is nine, nine, basically. And mm. I mean, we've only got six in there. So maybe that says something about just the, the nature of, of, of our strikers just not being clinical enough, whatever it is. Um, but I mean, we all complain when we see them finishing shots and training. So <laughs> maybe they've stopped doing that completely and maybe they should go back to it. Yeah. Well, you look at today, 22 attempts, four on target. How, how is that much useful? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that was, was one of those things that I, I had, uh, kind of highlighted to myself to talk about, um, over on Instagram, where it's another place people can answer or leave questions. Um, we have this guy who's the average footballer, and he says, "I post average football-related memes. Follow me if you like to play football." Thanks. So, no, that's not at all <laughs> related to 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 something that actually is probably more positive to talk about than than what we have here. Um, the, the next one is from Chris underscore Graphics. He says, "So we have the third most shots in the league with yet only six goals." Uh, we talked about this. What is what is going wrong with our finishing? Do we have a plan to improve it? Can you improve it, or is it just a talent problem? Um, and he also says that he was there uh, for the Saints-Newcastle match where Mark Hughes scored in 4-2 win. And he says, what's happened to these two previously high-scoring teams? And I think if we just look at Newcastle for a second, um, that team has just been decimated uh, by... If you look back just a couple of years, they were they were finishing in, in the European places and then they got relegated and now they're back. And they're a complete disaster of a team. So they have no no talent. They can't hold on to players. They're, they're a mess. They... They're not being invested in it at all. As for us, we've gotten rid of a lot of players as well, but I'm I'm just not sure if it's a if it's a personnel thing or if it's a you know you have all of these ideas from so many different coaches over the past couple of seasons coming in and trying to change things or whatever it is. But I mean, from your perspective, what 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 do you what, what are your thoughts on the issue? I guess I think it's, it's it's an issue not just with us, not just with Newcastle, but with probably. 12 to 13 teams in the Premier League. Um, I was actually speaking about this just before I came on with some friends on WhatsApp that everyone begs for that 15-goal striker, don't they, to, to kind of provide the entertainment, provide the goals for the team. But how many teams have a striker that scores 15 goals in a season? The top six and Leicester. You yeah. say, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's so, it you're then competing with 13 other teams to sign a striker who's going to score you 15 goals. And the chances are, if you're a team that's going to sign that striker, one of the top six will take him as a backup and pay him more than you will right. play first-team football. Right. So the, the, the money being spent is creating such a divide, such a divide. And it's getting, it is getting worse. There was a point, maybe three, two, three years ago where it looked like the league was getting closer and closer in terms of quality. But I think Leicester winning the league has just absolutely torn that to shreds. Yeah. And we're just getting blown out of the water now. And it's another topic, but it's lending itself towards an elite European league and an English league. Yeah. Come the future. Um, Yeah, I think that, you know, when you talk about finding that striker who can score you that many goals, you basically have to pluck this guy out of some second or third division in, in Europe somewhere where nobody else is scouting and, and get lucky, you know? And, and I think Liverpool we, were going to sign him. So. And I think the, I think the black box has done well over the years to find those types of players that, that kind of fit certain molds. But now I think that a lot of, I think everybody's scouting those places, you know, and everybody can pay the, the money we can pay uh, or more in, we have spent a ton of money on players. I think we our squad is something like the 13th most expensive squad in the world or 18th most expensive squad in the world. Um, and and it, it, uh, it doesn't buy happiness, I guess. It sure as hell doesn't buy goals. Um, but I, I guess just, just real quick before we kind of wrap this up, um, you know, obviously nobody was, was happy with, with Pellegrino last year. A lot of people said Puel needed to go um, even after the finish that we had. Uh, it obviously wasn't working out. He goes, we I think we miss on the replacement uh, with Pellegrino, but through his first 10 games, um, I mean, any, any idea who had more wins, Hughes or Pellegrino? I don't know if you remember. It has to be Pellegrino. It does. Surely. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so the, uh, Hughes has, we have the one win. So Pellegrino had three, uh, both had four draws, um, five losses for, for Hughes and, and three for Pellegrino. Win percentage is basic math, you know, uh, 10% win percentage for Hughes so far, 30% for Pellegrino. Um, points, seven points for Hughes. Uh, Pellegrino had us on 13. Uh, what about goals for? Who do you think scored more goals? Uh, are six under Hughes or, or what under Pellegrino? Trying to think what happened in the well, it's got to be under Pellegrino because we won at West one beat West Ham three two first game of the season. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And that's uh, pretty much all the goals there. So so nine goals in ten games under Pellegrino. So not a ton, not not great, um, but only conceded ten. Whereas now we've conceded fourteen. Um, so goal difference under Pellegrino was negative one uh, or minus one. Hughes is minus eight. Uh, and what position were we in? Do you think it was better than the sixteenth we're currently in? Or do you think uh, Pellegrino had us uh, in or around there? Uh, we must have been kind of 11th place. 10th uh, place. Points yeah. 10th place. Um, and I'm waiting to see exactly how things wind up. Um, but I'm willing to bet that it's about, uh, you know, I've gone through and done the average position uh, for each team. So at the end of, of week 10 uh, of last season, I went through and, and kind of put down where all of our opponents were in that week, that the 10 that we have played so far. And the average is 11th. So we'll see kind of where everybody else is at this season. I'm willing to bet that it's, it's, it's going to be just around there, um, especially with Newcastle having moved up a place. And uh, I don't think we've played Huddersfield yet. So, um, so yeah, I think it's going to be just a, a, about the same type of, uh, of level of opposition and, and not a good start. So I don't, I don't know what that says. I don't, I don't just like to complain. I don't like to just point out, hey, you know, this, this means he has to go or anything like that. But I think I think it, the time is coming where a decision is going to have to be made because the the issues that have kind of plagued us over the past couple of seasons aren't going away. Yeah, but then that's exactly what we were saying about Pellegrino after lose, after getting Puel sacked. This is this is the issue, isn't it? We keep hounding out managers and they're getting worse and worse and worse. I think you just have to appreciate what you've got. I'm, I'm not I'm not for one second saying that I'm happy with Hughes and the way it's going, but it has got progressively worse and you kind of begging for a change and change isn't always good. It pains me to say this, but we're turning into West Ham. We are, we are turning into West Ham. Even the, the fan base doesn't, this is going to sound harsh because it is. Um, but as a fan base, as a, as a collective from what I see online, we don't deserve better than what we're getting at the moment. The, 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 the way we, we, talk, the way we act, the way we berate players, the way we berate the manager. It, we don't deserve any better than what we're getting at the moment. But so, you know, it's, it's hard. It's, it's really hard because there, there are some good people out there. There's some very, very good people and there's some, some very bad people. But, you know, when it comes to the berating of managers and players, you've just got like I say, appreciate what you've got because it's only going to get worse. I, I, I fear who do we get in if Hughes goes? There's one name being pumped about. That's um, Jardin. No chance. Right. I'll tell you that now. No. Absolutely no chance. <coughs> um, especially when you've got the potential of Mourinho going, the potential of Pochettino going to Real Madrid, Tottenham and United look, potentially looking for managers. We're looking at Alan Kerbishley next. That's what we're looking at. <laughs> maybe so, when you're doing all that writing for pro stand in the, uh, in the championship or the league one, maybe you, uh, you start scouting <laughs> some managers. Yeah. You know, just be careful, be careful what you wish for. That's it, man. I, it's, it, I'll be honest. This has been, this has been a hard, this has been a hard podcast to do. You know, I, I got it to be honest. I've been sick all week. I have a ton of stuff going on at work. I have, uh, I was explaining to you, I have a, this will already have happened so I can say it. Like my dad is a huge Dodger fan. Um, I managed to get tickets for the world series on Sunday. Um, I just kind of, I'm trying to talk to him. He didn't answer my call. Uh, I texted him and was like, Hey, you know, do you want to maybe watch the game with Jack and I tomorrow, which is my son's name? Uh, you know, and then I wanted to tell him like, I want this to be kind of a, a surprise. He's going through some stuff. I was like, this will be good. And he's just like, can't do it. Sorry. Like, you know, thanks. Love you. Talk to you later. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, I need you. To, like, I need a little bit more. Like I need you to like, like, you know, now respond to my text or answer my call. And he's not. So, um, I, I got all this stuff going on. And then, you know, I think all of us kind of just sometimes just want 
saints to be the escape. And right now it's not. And it's not for me. It's not, I don't think for many people going to the game or going to the stadium or following them away. I don't think it is that escape. It's not providing that enjoyment. And that, that to me, I think is, is the most frustrating thing because I think one of the things that drew me to the, to the team was the fact that I could, I could watch and enjoy the type of football that they played. And, and now it's hard to do that. And it's hard to do that when the results aren't there. Um, and, and when you have this kind of cloud of negativity kind of just hovering around over and over and over. That's it. I mean, on the escapism thing, you're spot on. That's exactly what football is for a lot of people. Everyone's got stuff going on. No one's life's perfect. And I will point you now a nice little plug to a piece by Ryan Conway, one of the cross editors, who went through some dark times in his life too and has written a piece on how sport and football got him through, got him through them. And he's come out the other end passionate about, about sport, about life and plans to, to grow his, kind of grow himself within the sports journalism industry. So I'll, I'll link you, I'll show you that. And then if you could share it about, because it's definitely something good to read and it gives you a bit of perspective. Yeah. yeah what football we'll, sport is. We'll make sure we, uh, we tweet it out and then we'll put it in the show notes too for anybody who is, is, is listening and wants to, to do it. So you just be able to click on it straight from your phone or wherever you're listening. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, Let's, go ahead. So one more thing, uh, just that so we do as, as a fan base, we do appreciate everything you do for, for us in terms of entertainment, because you do a cracking job of the podcast and we appreciate the work you put in despite all the stuff you got going on as well. So yeah, thanks for that. I appreciate that very much, man. Um, this is, I mean, on, the best part of this is talking to you, talking to everybody else. Like that is, that is the most fun. And, and the, the more I can remind myself, like that's the reason I do it and not for anything else, then it, my life is a lot better for that. But, um, I, I appreciate you doing it tonight uh, for your time instead of, tomorrow morning as I was trying to figure out if we were going to get to, uh, to go to this game tomorrow. I mean, I have three tickets they for the world series. So imagine, you know, yeah, it's expensive. So I had to find somebody to go. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so it'll be, it'll be fine. Um, and last night, I mean, I don't know if you've been following the series or if anybody has, but in order for the game on Sunday to happen, the Dodgers had to win one game. And last night it went 13 innings, which meant, meant it ended, Eastern time, it ended about 3.30 a.m., uh, 12.30 Pacific time. And so I fell asleep several times trying to stay up for it. Um, I think my wife spilled red wine in the bed trying to watch the game. So who God knows, like we're a disaster. But um, I love her anyway because she's probably going to listen to this. So sorry I talked about you. Um, but yeah, uh, Connor, I just appreciate you doing this. And and uh, hopefully we'll do this again. Uh, and hopefully under better circumstances. But I feel like I say that every week now. So. <laughs> Yeah, so right. we'll we'll get promoted next season. Then I'll be the one asking everybody for streams. You know, uh, that's good. That's I get a lot of messages who say, "Hey, you got a stream for the game?" It's like, "Yeah, here, here." So uh, that'll be me next year. But <laughs> anyway, man, thank you so much. And uh, for anybody, once again, uh, they can find you on Twitter. Uh, they can find Playmakers on Twitter at underscore Playmakers FC. Uh, they can find you on Twitter at Connor Dunford One. Uh, once again, links to all those in and post are in the show notes and the, the article that you mentioned uh, by one of the editors there. So that's all there. Uh, Connor, thanks. You were you were great. Um, I'm off to dress like I don't know what my wife is going to make me dress up as for this birthday party. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be a great time. Well, thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Uh, enjoy that. Enjoy your fancy dress. Yeah. This, oh, this is one of those things. This is a good this is a good like cultural moment here. You call it fancy dress. Mm-hmm. We call it costume. Like, what do you, do you use the word costume? No. Uh, I don't know, actually. I guess when you're talking about it objectively like that, like what you do on going to a fancy dress party, that, yeah. that's, that's why it's fancy dress. So if you, if I was, if I was coming over there, like if I, if we were talking and you said, Hey, you're coming over here, you're flying over here, make sure you bring, like, we're going to a fancy dress party. I would bring a suit. I would show up to your fancy dress party in a suit. Cause that's fancy dress. Oh uh, yeah. No, see, I said, we're going to a fancy dress party, bring your costume. Okay. <laughs> maybe the most beneficial thing I've learned all day. <laughs> because it's uh there there are some of those things that that happen when I listen to other shows and stuff like that where they say things and it's like it takes me, you know, from the context you can kind of piece it together, but it takes me a long time to kind of get there. So, um yeah, just glad, glad to throw that out there in the open. So, anyway, um I don't know I don't know what I'm going to be. Um last time I went to one of these I was Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
Um, I thought I was going to look super cool. And I just instead look like somebody from the village people. So I don't think I'll do that again. But um, <laughs> I read anyway. something the other day about a stone person. Oh, I was listening to a podcast. And someone was like, the person of the, the only person in the world who needs to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame is the guy who used to chuck Stone Cold with his beard. <laughs> and it was a highlight reel of Stone Cold Steve Austin receiving beers, like live. And they land in his hand every time. Like, they do. No matter where it's from, other side of the ring, you can't even see this bloke and he's launching beers into his pump. Yeah. yeah the guy's, what a legend. <laughs> true. And always the same type of beer. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's impressive for sure. <laughs> maybe, maybe that guy, there's got to be like a, you know, some, some like seedy YouTube documentary on that guy and how his life's just gone downhill. You know, I've got nothing to do tonight. I might find it. <laughs> uh, we'll just pump that into the podcast feed next time. Um, <laughs> anyway, thanks, Connor. Uh, we'll talk yeah, to you later. Thank you very much. Have a, have a good evening. See ya. See ya. That does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Connor Dunford. You can find him on Twitter at Connor Dunford One. You can listen to Playmakers FC, which he runs at underscore Playmakers FC. Uh, it is available to listen to anywhere you listen to podcasts, and you can find more of his writing at ProStAmerica.com. Um, obviously, I sound less sick than I did when I talked to Connor. I did my best to be sure I was well by the time that we recorded, but uh, it just didn't work out. So next week I should be back to normal. Uh, if it doesn't bother you, great. If it does, I'm sorry. Um, like I said at the beginning, um, hopefully it wasn't too melancholy. Hopefully uh, you found something in there that, uh, to think about, something to chew on maybe. Uh, but overall, it was just a really nice uh, opportunity to talk to Connor, uh, even though the game was disappointing. So um, if you have the opportunity to spend time with someone that you love, um, you should make that time. I think that's where I'm at right now. Uh, going to that game yesterday with my dad, my son, uh, was the best thing I think that I've done uh, in a really long time. And I can't, can't say anything else about it. So uh, the partners of the show are the Southampton page. You can find them on Twitter at Southampton page. Also on Instagram and Facebook, uh, they do a great job of, of, of putting out uh, a lot of content around the club. Uh, so you should follow them and do that so you don't miss it. The artwork for the show is done by Matt Peeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. For all your match day edits, polls, competitions, and more, be sure to check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. All music for this show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Box Hat Games. And the intro credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. If you want to follow this show, you can do so at SFCDELL underscore IVERY on Twitter and Instagram. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. You can also listen and subscribe to this show wherever you are listening to this show right now. I know it's kind of there, but subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. If you're enjoying it, leave a rating, uh, share it with a friend. All of that helps. And until next time, remember that together, we march on. <laughs>